This week, we're continuing A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass, otherwise known as I Had to Pick Some Other Hoe. Hi, readers. I'm Jordan. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Not Another Heroine, the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines, those swashbuckling ladies who have to work a little harder than expected for their happy ending. Want to see what's next on our TBR list? Subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us on Instagram for a sneak peek at upcoming content or to help us pick our next book. So I think we left off with essentially Farah being like really kind of unnecessarily upset about being being in the Supreme Court. (laughs) A whiny brat, basically. Yeah. Because I I wonder if you have this problem, but there are some times when I'm reading a fantasy romance and you always have the heroines like, no, I'm like miserable and I hate you. And I have these somewhat like irrational thoughts that like if I was her, I'd be like, well, this is my life now. We're going to get married. (laughs) I just think my, you know, like uh, timeline of like being kidnapped or upset to like falling in love. Accepting your circumstances would be a lot. Probably like 24 hours (laughs) here. I do you ever get embarrassed a little bit like you read about something a heroine does and you're like there is never a fucking chance in a hundred thousand years that I'd be able to do that never. <laughs> no, not, humans can't do that I, shit yeah no it um it kind of embarrasses me enough to go to the gym like extra times <laughs> or I'm like I have not left this couch in three days like we should maybe do a little bit of a walk or something <laughs> We have pull-up bars, and I occasionally I'll hop up and like, oh, can I? Nope, nope, nope still I no. <laughs> can't climb the wall. Can't like escape from a window. Can't you know outrun a monster? Nope, I can't even lift my own body weight up. Like it's fine. <laughs> Same. It's just a little bit humbling, but also a little bit like I want to see a real person in a fantasy romance, you know, novel, and see how forty-five minutes in they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyways, Feyre is putting up a little bit more of a fight than we would. And kind of basically this next whole bit is just really Feyre and Lucian becoming friends, but like in a very dangerous, Lucian is trying to get her murdered, which kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah, but in like a friendly joking way. (laughs) Yeah, it's the kind of way you would expect an alien to interact with humans. Yeah. Like, I don't understand mortality. I Yeah, I will say that Sarah did a really good job. It like, because some of the characters, they like understand humans almost like a little bit too much. And like, it's like you're 500 years old. Like, do you really understand like regular human beings? But she conveys Lucian's like, misunderstanding of Pharaoh really well Mm -hmm. and I feel like you don't pick it up the first time but on the second or third times you're like oh he's doing all this fucked up stuff because he really does not understand you know I thought um that whole alien aspect of the interactions between Faye and humans were done really well in Half a Soul. But like in all of Sarah J Mass's like it kind of lacks that alien it's because they're too hot uh that's fair they're that, they're described as too attractive. <laughs> That's hundred percent true. Weird. I don't know what to do with that information. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, but if something is honestly so alien, you wouldn't be able to find it attractive because it's a fucking alien. Oh, that's the whole like uncanny valley thing or canny valley or whatever. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it at work. If listeners don't know, it's like uh or readers, excuse me. God, who the fuck am I addressing? <laughs> it's fair. This is our practice. <laughs> um, it's like when something is like trying to be human and it gets it almost right enough that you're like, mm, that's really unsettling because that is not a human. Uh, I feel like that's pretty similar to this. But fairy doesn't, uh, Feyre doesn't have that like 
natural like aversion to like strangeness yeah which is kind of odd but she's putting up a fight about going home like you you should your priorities out of order (laughs) but i mean she gets to paint though oh god anyway uh in the painting thing this is (laughs) i almost said gag me but please don't (laughs) that's for another type of book Um, yeah yeah Jeez. But they're being they're being friends. Mm-hmm. So they're out on like a on a ride in the woods Hunt or something. Bonding. Some kind of- yeah, it's like oh okay, I'll, I'll make friends with my boyfriend's best friend, and it's fine. Like <laughs> just you know hanging around. Yeah. Um. And then they kind of do you say Lucian? Is it Lucian or Lucian? I, oh, hmm. I don't know. Lucian. Lucian. I don't know. I just kind of mm, we'll call him out of my mouth. Lucy. Uh, <laughs> Lucy. <laughs> so Lucy gets a little free. I'm sorry. <laughs> Proceeding. Um, Lucy gets a little freaked out, and he tells Pharaoh, "Like, uh, go really still." Oh yeah. Um, and she feels this impending sense of dread and doom and fear, and. When you see like a fairy get f- freaked out, yeah. like I would be freaked out too, and that's because um, there is a creature called I don't want to pronounce it the bogey. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I felt I said, a little bit too confident. I said the bog. <laughs> <laughs> that probably makes more sense because bogey. That's like the boogers, right? I, well, I kind of pictured from the Nightmare Before Christmas the boogeyman, like oh. how he's described. This is embarrassing, you know, Mario, like the games. And you know the like ghosts. <gasps> that's what I really. <laughs> yeah, that's what I. That's so cute. I'm pretty <laughs> scared of that though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry that. That's what I imagined. <laughs> okay, so really cool concept here is that the. Uh, I don't know. What we're gonna call it the thing. The thing. <laughs> um, it only becomes real when you acknowledge it. Yeah. That was such a cool premise mm-hmm. and i also like too that this was the first real time that pharaoh realizes that like she could get murdered at any point just existing here because i feel like her fear was a little bit abstract like yeah. up to this point. that was my impression too yeah and then this point but it's funny because it still doesn't really like kick in because she continues to do like dumb shit for the next like eight chapters right <laughs> but like so the way they handled this scene is that, like, they kept moving. They just didn't look left or right. And she could feel this presence, like, around them. Like, I was creeped out. Like, ooh. And I feel like everyone's felt that um, when you're, like, at the extreme end of your, like, persistence and you're, like, about to give, give in. And then it's like, oh, it's gone now. Like, yeah. that was the part that got me because it's like, oh, my God, she's going to turn around. Oh, okay, she's good. Um, So I think this is something she really does well. And that's what keeps the story moving forward is she describes like these action scenes, these, I don't even know what to call them because they're not quite action. It's just, it's the introduction of new elements and characters that keeps the story moving along really well. Yeah. Expert level, 100%. And it's always done in a way that's like not unnecessary, not unintentional. Like you would think that these would be scenes that would be cut out, but they're almost like nothing happens, but they're still you need them. Yeah. Like, you want to know more. Like, I wanted to know more about the bog. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. Like, kudos to Sarah. That really shows, like, her expert level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mastery that you can... Oh, wow. And, like, Lucy gets... It goes away. They return to the castle. He's like, 
don't tell Tamlin about the bog. <laughs> I'm gonna get in big trouble. I love this because it's literally like all of those. Um, it's a little bit patriarchal and like not great, but um, the videos of like dads just like doing something totally outrageous with their children, and they're like, "Do not tell your mother that we did <laughs> <Yeah>. this." <laughs> That's basically Tamlin at this point. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you did something stupid and reckless, didn't you? <laughs> and then it's kind of embarrassing because. Even after that, like, near-death experience, she, like, immediately follows it up with another oh one. Oh, my God. This scene. <laughs> like, come on, Feyre. I know she's, like, I know she's been, like, the provider for her family. She's not the most intellectual type. She can't read. She's probably not very educated. But come on. Have some common sense. Yeah. This next scene. She's got daddy issues. That's a... She's got lots <laughs> of issues. <laughs> Jordan's eyes got so big. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So they... Go back to the castle. They have dinner. They're just hanging out. She goes back to her room, and she's still kind of contemplating escaping. And so she's looking out her window at night, and she sees her father, like, chilling by the castle gates. Now, keep in mind, her father is the same fucking dude who refused to provide for his family, like, wouldn't leave the house, like, squandered money. And she's like, oh, daddy came to rescue me. (laughs) I will say, it's like kind of sad like it i think it shows like the depth of pharaoh's not abuse but like neglect that like this was such a outrageous moment for her that she's like oh my god my dad came to get me like holy fuck like i gotta go see him like this is outrageous it's like oh honey no oh my god so she like puts on some outdoorsy clothes and grabs a knife and I'm, I'm gonna go with dad she hops out her window and like runs towards the castle gate because mm-hmm. it's kind of like a bogger right yeah. yeah but it shows you something you That's want a harry potter still. reference for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes it is <laughs> um because it it shows you what you want though mm-hmm. not what you're scared of yeah and it's and as she gets closer to it like tamlin Yeets out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm like, no, stop it. And like the thing changes into her sisters and into like some inanimate objects like a backpack and food or something. Yeah. And then she's like, I feel like this is almost the turning point where like Feyre kind of like not breaks, but she's like, okay, like rescue is not coming. I really am out of my fucking league here. Like maybe I shouldn't escape. Yeah, she's kind of more resigned to her existence with Tamlin. It was like the last straw almost. Because after that, um, she tries to write a letter. Oh, God. (laughs) This was embarrassing and sad. And I feel like a lot of people kind of vilify Tamlin during this, but he didn't know that she didn't know how to write. No, and his response later on was, I thought, super cute. I did too. (laughs) Yeah. So basically, she's like, I think he asks if she wants to write a letter to her family, or maybe she requests it. Or he shows her the library or something. Uh, Some sort of series of events. And then he kind of like is like, okay, I guess I'll leave you to it. And Feyre's like basically having a nervous breakdown in the library trying to like write things. Yeah. So, and like she goes from a nervous breakdown to like, deciding to teach herself how to read i feel like there's some sort of series of events that happens and the letter kind of gets like forgotten (laughs) yeah and then um well she throws it in the garbage oh yeah because she's like making a list of words that she's gonna like look up later because she doesn't know how to sound them out i think but it's all very like usual words (laughs) but then she throws it in the garbage yeah which is then found by yeah and he reads them and she gets really embarrassed you would be embarrassed too yeah 
And it's just kind of sad because he like doesn't know that he's like teasing her about something probably super sensitive. But like also, how is he supposed to know that that? <laughs> but he makes up for it. So mm-hmm. he puts the pieces together somehow and realizes, oh, she's trying to teach herself how to read. And then like they're on like a horse back ride later on in the woods and he starts reading her some like fucked up poetry (laughs) and it's like he did a line incorporating each of the words that she had listed out i thought that was super cute it was fucking adorable (sighs) because they're like uh body is that the right word like b-a-w-d-y oh yeah body body uh raunchy (laughs) synonym there i think um yeah, and she gets more and more embarrassed, but I think it's like a cute way to, because she starts laughing. Like break the ice a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was cute. And this is where we also learn that Tamlin, like in his great war battles, also learned to play the fiddle or something. <laughs> yeah. And like likes music, which. Uh, it was kind of a fun way for him to have depth in a way that wasn't superficial like Feyre's is. Because mm-hmm. I almost like like his music shindig thing more than Feyre's like painting Painting. thing Uh because it feels disingenuous but like his feels actually real like he's like yep just going with the buddies (laughs) and then a little bit later I think I think this is when she asked for painting supplies or something I think so it's somewhere in this like timeline yeah and he's like oh by the way I have a gallery of Uh, fantastic art squeeze me (laughs) yeah and she's like oh great art I love art which Mm Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. You're interesting. You're interesting and unique. It felt a little like icky. <laughs> it felt forced. Yeah. But as she's exploring the gallery, she sees like a a battle scene. Uh, is that the mural thing? Yeah. Oh, I think that's in the library. Oh, because I, th- I don't know. It all blends together. <laughs> but basically, this is the buildup for her finding more information out about Tamlin and this mysterious court that he lives in and all the masks. Mm, mm-hmm. um, so she sees this mural. It depicts a battle. There's like some evil looking bitches involved. <laughs> Sorry. Evil looking bitches. <laughs> evil looking bitches. <laughs> I'm trying to get to the point here. And so she's like, well, what actually happened? She asked Lucy. And Lucy says, well... Um, I really can't talk about it. You should go ask the, you say it. Uh, I think it's the cereal, but cereal, but I could not begin to tell you what the right pronunciation uh, is. Well, cereal sounds. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Never happens. <laughs> um, I just love how Lucy um, explains how Fair needs to catch the cereal. Because talk about some like fucking ho-dunk mother's tales right <laughs> the premise here is that the cereal is this elusive being that can answer any question you ask it and like is an all-knowing creature older than fucking time <laughs> um, and so lucy says well if you want your questions answered um if you take some chicken like a dead chicken or chicken blood make a trap in the woods put the chicken there you can catch the cereal or something like that right again this was such a good like totally underestimating what human beings can do and he's just (laughs) fucking with her as we learn later he's like i didn't think you were actually gonna do it it's like you son of a bitch so like Feyre literally does this and she's sitting in a tree and then somehow the cereal like smells the blood comes out she asked it a question i don't even know because that was kind of the part that was frustrating is like she went to all of these links but she didn't actually ask any like really coherent questions it's because she's not very smart no and like i get that's kind of maybe part of her like characterization but it kind of irritated me because her questions were stupid but basically amounted to this is what happened there's a curse on the lands stay with the high stay with the high lord high lord which is 
ding, 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 Tamlin's the High Lord of the Spring Court. Like, this was the big reveal. If you didn't know this before this scene. I, yeah, bruh. <laughs> it was just, uh, and her, like, shock and, like, anger about it felt really out of place because, like, oh, this is your own, like, fucking, like, stupidity here. Like, why are you upset? Like, be why angry you, at yourself. Why did you need the cereal for this? <laughs> yeah, and, like, why does it really matter if he's, like, a High Lord or just a Fae? Like, they can fuck you up regardless. <laughs> and then, okay, but the best, I think the best line from the cereal in this moment where he's trapped by her is, like, hey, I would have uh, answered your questions if you'd given me a new cloak. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah i mean i feel the same way like i don't want chicken i want like clothes yeah <laughs> um but as they're exchanging these qu- like questions and answers um this ominous another ominous presence kind of shows up and it's the what do they call i don't know what they're called naga right? yeah like snake i don't know because i kind of thought they were like freaky like slenderman looking beings like because i thought they were described as like having arms that were too long so they're like they're bad fairies yeah um but there's like four of them yeah and they come and the cereal starts freaking out he's like oh they're gonna eat me um fucking release me human (laughs) and this was like a nice moment for Feyre because she does the right thing and she frees the cereal, like, at expense to herself, mm-hmm. uh, waste her own time, and now she's battling the Naga. Mm-hmm. And she's just running full fucking force through the forest. Yeah, she's like, oh, fuck <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, oh, wait, there's Tamlin. Yep. Again, Disney's beating the beast. <laughs> Belle's running through the forest, pursued by four wolves, and the beast shows up, kills the wolves, and saves Belle. Yeah. I, that's literally the fucking Disney movie. I did not even. Mm-hmm. Even the number is the same. That's I think so. It's four or five. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, oh, and the setup is the same, or something like, um, kind of like how Feyre is lured out of the castle by yeah. the Boggart thing. Yeah. Uh, she's lured out of the castle by think. Go yeah. save her dad. Yeah. Wow. I know. Why did I not? Oh my god. I mean, I'm not going to complain. Obviously, it's a trope that. I mean, yeah, it's good for a reason. <laughs> yeah, but. but I didn't realize that's like straight up mm-hmm. smack, smack. Wow. Anyway, the more you know. Yeah, Tamlin rescues her. They go back to the castle, and mm-hmm. thus begins the start of the romantic relationship. Romance. Yay. Um, except we get traumatized first uh, because it's like a couple days later, a week, et cetera, et cetera. She's just living there. And then in the middle of the night, she hears all this like screaming, and she's like, um. Oh, and no, so, not this part. Yeah. This one like fucked me up. Because she goes downstairs, it's the middle of the night, um, Tamlin like busts through the door, Lucian's behind him, and he has this fairy on his shoulder who's like screaming bloody murder. And he like plops the fairy down on this like table after Lucian's, you know, throwing all the shit that was on top of it on the ground and it shatters and the body's like laying on it and it's this guy screaming and his like wings had been like cut off like ripped off bloody stump and his like blood is like gushing out and on the ground and tamlin looks fucked up and lucian is like having a fucking like moment like pale staring like existential crisis like i guess the wing thing is like an arterial cut is that how you call it oh like arteries yeah yeah so like dude is bleeding out yeah and as we learn later like he had like a fairy 
who he was in love with and like they did something similar to her and like murdered her and made him watch. So I can only imagine what's going on in this poor man's mind. Um, <sighs> and then it's sad because Feyre's like, holy fuck. And basically there's nothing that they can do for this like poor creature. He is like dying. And she holds his hand as he like dies. And she's like, you're going to get your wings back. And he's like, are you sure? And she's like, I promise. And it's like, oh, uh, I did not need to be treated that way. And there's all these references to like who would do something like this. And it's always this uh, nameless her mm-hmm. thing. Because we talked about this a little bit. Um, both me and Jordan are bamboozled like in awe of Sarah's ability to have these like teeny little details like the forward planning strategic mind of this woman is like it should be studied for science she (laughs) she knew the story and like start to end when she sat sat down to write this I think I mean that's or that's what it seems like or she had a really good editing team yeah I don't know because like it's foreshadowing but not like foreshadowing always feels a little bit clunky a little bit out of place like You kind of normally pick up on it, but hers is just so fluidly like connected into the story that you like don't realize it until you get to the end and then you read it again. You're like, how the fuck did I miss all of this shit? Like, it's all right here. Like, this (sighs) this is why you do a reread. I mean, I I know I know some readers can't reread Mm -hmm. um, and that's fair. You know, every reader is different, but you pick up so much more, especially in a book this size, especially yeah. in a book with this amount of detail and a book that is meant to be written as part of a longer series, which there are way too many books that are written as like a trilogy yeah. that don't need to be a trilogy. Mm-hmm. This is definitely meant to be an overarching story over the course of several books. Mm-hmm. But as we mentioned, like off um, mic before, too, is that she does it with this like long view in mind, but you don't feel it like the story's each, still complete yeah it's like a complete story it's not cut off anywhere it's not missing anything it's like a full developed story in and of itself but there's all these hints that like don't detract from it but it leaves you like wow wait a second what the fuck was i about that like other thing that they kept mentioning like what and then you're like holy shit wow awe-inspiring it's yeah and even even more so like yes here but also once you get to the end of this fucking book mm-hmm. Holy fuck balls, Batman. Yes. Yes. And it's one of those like, uh, what is the word for it when you get the the rug ripped out from underneath you? Uh, plot twist? Sure. Uh, yeah. Plot twist at the end. Um, it felt out of left field, but like totally understandable. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get the <laughs> underlying sense of what you're trying to say. <laughs> there is probably not a lot of coherency going on. It's Anyways. I learned, I've learned. i learned to speak Katie over the course of this podcast. That's fair. I just hope our readers have too, or else they're like, I don't have any idea what she's talking about. It's entertaining at the very least. That's fair. I hope. <laughs> Anyways, Feyre's getting uh, romanced. Yeah. So, like, they have some romantic picnics. He takes her to a pond, and it's very sweet, and she starts letting her guard down. <laughs> Jordan just had the most dramatic eye roll. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I will say I did like the Starlight Pond thing because I feel like it was kind of the first moment that we get to see Feyre act like a teenager or like a young woman, you know? Yeah, like a young woman who like less cares, not worried about, you know, finding enough food for the day for herself and her family. And she's just enjoying spending time with a hot dude in a mask. Yeah, it just felt like romantic and girly and like springy and like, whoo. Fun, beautiful. <laughs> but at the same time, like, Tamlin is 
500,000 years old. She's how old? Yeah. I did see a funny TikTok about this. You've read the Holly Black, um, the Crow Prince? No. What? I Okay. So in, what? My, in my defense, I have read Holly Black. I read like one of her first books when it first came out. So that's my saving grace. Wow. I don't know what to do with that information. I did start The Cruel Prince. Oh, well, okay. So this might not make sense for you, but for the readers, the whole concept of The Cruel Prince is it's like the whole like fae human relationship, but he's 17. So he's acting like a 17 year old fae and just like the snottiest fucking like attitude. And it's a fun like parallel to this where he's, you know, 500 years old and Feyre's like 19. So it's a fun like, this is what would actually happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Cruel Prince. I have been meaning to like continue reading. I haven't, I didn't stop reading it because it was bad. I just, Mm -hmm. it happens. uh, It's also, they're so young. Yeah. It's getting harder and harder to read younger characters for me. I can see that. And that makes me feel really old. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get it. Cause it is, there are definitely like the cringy, like teen things where you're like, Jesus fucking Christ, have a like coherent conversation. (laughs) But yeah. Cute romance between Tamlin and Feyre. And then now we have arrived at the scene that I remembered from, that I mentioned earlier. Oh, the, the one in our pocket. Okay. Yeah, the one in the pocket. Welcome to Fire Night. Oh, wait, wait, but which scene of this is like, what scene do you think, Katie? I have guesses, but I'm actually what? not sure. Is it the one, the one when we get introduced to Reese? Mm-hmm. That's fair. Because it's like, it's the ass, I think, the ass. <laughs> I, yeah, where are we going? <laughs> not, not that. So it's, this scene happens across many, many different fantasy romances. Mm-hmm. So I have to pull this back to, I'm sorry, Crown Duel again, because it's a scene where you meet a hero for the first time or a character that is going to be important later, mm-hmm. and they do a rescue scene. So the scene in Crown Duel where Mel is captured and is about to be tortured and Shivraith shows up and oh, like throws shit. the dagger and I'm like, Ugh. right? <laughs> it's it's that kind of scene, and that's what fire the fire night scene yeah. is to me is the Shivraith and Mal moment from there. Here, I will. S- yeah, I mean, I don't think I could describe that better because it has this like magical like electricity to it. Yeah, the chemistry is, is just huh. Yeah, and it's just such a like not a throwaway scene, but it's only like two pages, and you like. You feel that like crack in the like universe of like, mm-hmm. oh, this is something like. Which is saying so much about like the writing, right? Yeah. Because we've had a hundred something pages of Tamlin and Feyre. And you're like, oh, Tamlin's hot. Okay, great. And Feyre's just, oh, great. Um, Hello, Reese. Yeah. But it's crazy too because you continue to like Feyre and Tamlin's relationship, but you you feel you can sense the connection there. Yeah. and like i don't know how you write something like that i have no idea because it's like one of those moments where like everything goes like a little bit quiet and you're like like everything like the animal sense of like oh fuck like something's happening mm. and it how how do you convey that with words i don't know <laughs> okay so you start describing fire night i'm gonna see if i can find the scene oh okay because it's oh it's woohoo um, basically, because I mean, most people have read this book at this point, but for those who, who maybe have haven't, Dora, it's been a long time. So there is this whole event that's happening. And basically, Tamman and Lucian have like, ah, did you find it? Yeah. <laughs> basically, they have said, you're not allowed to come to this. This is like a fae only. It's dangerous. You can't come. And Feyre's like, well, Mount's like stupid. Like, I'm kind of upset about this because it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And there's this like drum start 
that starts in like the afternoon time and it's going to happen at like midnight and et cetera, et cetera. And she can feel it in her bones. And she's like, I need to find out what the fuck is going on. And so she goes out into this like forest where all these bonfires are. And she's kind of like, this is spooky, but I can see all these fairies for the first time. They look like savage almost like something is happening and everybody's going to this like opening and like everybody's waiting for something to happen. And Fira's like, what the fuck is going on? And so she kind of goes off to the side where she can watch, but she's like not, you know, involved in it. And all of a sudden, these like four or five dudes kind of like corner her and they're like, hey, human, like, what the fuck are you doing around here? And she's like, um, I'm here with my friends. And they're like, well, why did your friends leave you? That's pretty stupid because it's fire night. And she's like, I don't know what that means, but I'm a little bit scared. And they kind of start to like cart her over, like kind of like push her, you know, get in her space a little bit too much. And then. Oh, and then. Okay. (laughs) I like I within one flip, I open to the scene that tells you how long I spent on this page. I'm just going to read it. There you are. I've been looking for you, said a deep sensual, sensual. I hate that word. I don't like works. I don't like reading out loud male voice I'd never heard. Jordan's like melting. <laughs> Standing before me was the most beautiful man I'd ever seen, which I don't necessarily like that. No, but it um the whole combination of it, like her being freaked out and then everything stopping and these like fairies around her being like, oh, what the fuck? He's got the whole half smile, brooding, dark. Mm-hmm. Like he's the very definition of anti-hero. Yep. I think she even describes him as having like shadows rolling off of him. (laughs) 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 But it's just such this like electric moment. And you're like, wait a second. But Tamlin's the love interest. Who the fuck is this guy? And Feyre feels it too. Because she's like, who the fuck is this? And can you stay longer? Yeah. But it's fun too. Because I feel like he is the first high fey that... Feyre is a little bit, not frightened of, but, like, recognizes, like, that's not a human. Like, that is someone that looks exactly like me. It's the whole, like, Uncanny Valley thing. She's like, you are powerful and I'm frightened, Mm -hmm. but in a hot way. (laughs) The dynamic between her and Reese and her and Tamlin is so interesting because she, uh, Sarah makes a point in the book of saying that Feyre doesn't feel like she has to have a filter on or something along those lines with Reese and she does with Tamlin. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's because it's Tamlin is just, uh, he's like the Ken doll, like overwhelmingly handsome. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Cause it is kind of nice. Cause I feel like Feyre is like Tamlin would be who she was with if she hadn't undergone all the trauma she did. Oh yeah. Which we'll get into in part three. Yeah. So I do like that. Um, um, set up in the sense that both of these male leads are viable options and one's mm-hmm. not worse than the other. They're just different. Yeah. And one makes sense in a certain time and the other doesn't. Because mm-hmm. sometimes authors kind of get too ahead of themselves and you like are obviously punted in one direction. You're like, okay, that's the one she's going to end up with. But this feels very like. I mean, this is a love triangle. Yeah. Not well, yet. Yeah. But. but- actually and well done which i don't think i've ever said about a love triangle before yeah yeah wow because a love triangle yes toxic but also it's a fantasy because who doesn't want to be wanted by multiple people like that's a very genuine human desire like who Mm -hmm. doesn't want to be desired Mm -hmm. so and for like different reasons too i think that's always 
pleasant that like people see different parts of you and still like them. So it's like you're getting more of your whole personality being liked instead of like having to hide the darker parts mm -hmm. that like people you don't want people to see. But wow. So that's Reese. Um, oh, yeah, so, uh, very anyways, scene. he rescues her and um, takes her back to Lucy. And Lucy takes her back to the castle and says, basically, stay in your room. Yeah. And it, I don't really under. She's like upset at this point, I think. She's like, fuck this fire night. I'm irritated. I'm going to pout in bed. <laughs> yeah. But then <laughs> she does something stupid again. Yeah. She basically decides that she's like hungry and she's like the drums have stopped and she's it, there's kind of illusions that some kind of sauciness is happening. Oh, my God. Yeah. So um, I don't know what show scarred me forever as a child. Um, <laughs> it was some sort of King Arthur. I, I hope someone recognizes this just based on this description. It's a King Arthur origin story. But they show a scene from Beltane, which is, I think, very similar to Fire Night. It's like the celebration of summer, right? Or something like mm -hmm. that. But it's celebrated by having a maiden and a hunter do it in a cavern. Um, and that's how Beltane is, like, celebrated and, like, bring on the new fancy flowers and shit. Um, so that scene is depicted in this show movie thing that I watched when I was probably way too young to be watching it, like 10 or 11. So I think Sarah was traumatized by the th same thing you um, were because... <laughs> So that's basically what happened. But founded in like, I think, true mythology or something like that. Oh. That's what I mean. Like, I don't know a lot about Beltane, but I think it is rooted in some sort of like um, pagan ritual or something mm -hmm. like that. Anyway. Interesting. Yep. Sidebar. Yeah. But that's basically what's going on. And Feyre, this is kind of fun because it's our first point of being like jealous or like mm -hmm. recognizing like, oh, I have more than just regular feelings for mm -hmm. Tamlin. Because the drums stop, and it's kind of alluded to that that's like, you know. Um. <laughs> Sorry, you just took a sip of your soda, and you're about to spit it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everything is, pieces are falling into place. Did you not know that that was like. No, no, I knew. I just, oh. I, like, the drums stop. I'm like, oh, that's what the drums are for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, gross. Okay. I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, and so Farah's feeling the exact same way, a little bit traumatized by this whole overheated. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't even breathe as it is. <laughs> I hope everyone else is equally traumatized too, or scandalized. I feel, I feel scandalized. Yeah, where's my handkerchief and my tea? Oh yeah. So basically, she's like, "Fuck all this fairy shit. I'm irritated. Like he's out here fucking whoever. This is fine." And so she leaves her room to go get some food, and she's stomping around. And then oh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> um, Tamlin comes into the house, and she can tell that he is not altogether there. There's some kind like of like animal-like uh, intensity. Yeah, crazy energy, whatever going on. And she's like, I'm a little bit frightened, but I'm also pissed off at you because you just fuck someone. Like, can we not, you know, yeah. just skip past that? Like, he hopped out of bed and came home. <laughs> yeah. Basically. But yeah. And so, um, she like, they get in this antagonistic fighting. He shoves her up against a wall. Mm -hmm. Hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he's got his claws come out even hotter. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> wow. Um, and then this is the controversial bit, I think. Yeah. He bites her. Yeah. <laughs> but... So, okay, so this is going to sound really crazy, but um, in the context of the story, it feels more like 
not sexual, but like claiming. It is. And that's what it's meant to be. Yeah. But there have been a lot of people who have taken this to be like a a critique of Tamlin's like personality of who he is. And they say it's like, you know, domestic abuse. But it's like it's very clearly written to be something like very animalistic, very fey of like a you're mine. And that's how it's conveyed. And that's how, like, I took it. I was like, oh. It turns into a wolf. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what do you expect? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, they have that. And then she I think she hits him, doesn't she? Oh, yeah. And which, girl. And then this was actually even. hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So I really like this interaction because. So she was at fire night, and so she saw all these, you know, bitches lined up waiting <laughs> to be picked for the sexy cave time. I'm insane, but... Um, and so she got really mad, like, oh, well, why can't I be in the line of, like, hot women? Um, <laughs> but um, Lucy makes a couple, like, references while he's, like, taking her back to the castle. It's like, he's going to smell you and freak out and, like, not be able to find you. And, like, that's what Tamlin mentions. He's like, do you know how I felt when I knew you were there and I couldn't find you and I couldn't get to you? And this, like beast that took over my body all it wanted was you but you weren't there and i had to pick some other hoe like (laughs) it was such a like and again it just talks about like how fucking masterful sarah is that in that moment like we should have all been pissed off that he literally just rolled off of some other warm body and he's now like attacking feyre but you just have this sense of like he would pick you if you were there yeah he had no choice (laughs) it was it's insane. I yeah, have never had toxic, totally toxic. <laughs> yeah. The amount of fucking emotional whiplash that I experienced reading this for the first time, I was like, "Fuck that guy!" Oh, <laughs> yeah. If a dude did, the, did this in real life, I couldn't help myself, but I really wanted you. Fuck you. Like no, mm-mm. but in this story, it works. And- There's something so convincing about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. It was such a. <sighs> Like, I feel conflicted even talking about it. But also, I remember that scene. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think Vera feels the exact same way. Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm attracted to you. and um, But I still need to lock my door at night. Yeah. She's like, this is. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, it kind of like tapers off into like. It's romance land. Delicious romance, fancy spring. Nothing really happens. Until we're traumatized. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, basically, they're just having dinner, and then all of a sudden, Tamlin kind of, like, gets, like, ugh, and Feyre's kind of, like, pushed against the wall, Lucian's covering her, and they're like, don't fucking say anything. And then Reese appears. Uh, yeah, so you do have some buildup. I think there's, I don't know how many pages, 50? There's a lot. Yeah, yeah. in between, like, Fire Night, like, they establish their relationship, everything's hunky-dory, and then dinner happens, like, in the midst of, like, oh, it seems like things are settling down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then hot dude from Fire Night shows up. Yeah. Really kind of the summation of it is like, Tamlin, you're running out of time, which you're like, what the fuck does that mean? And then um, why don't you just submit? And you're like, what does that mean? And then Reese realizes that they're hiding Feyre in the room. And he (laughs) 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 He is such an asshole in the scene, but like, you love it. (sighs) You're like, wow. Because Lucy is... Like you said, hiding um, Feyre with a glamour, like mm-hmm. behind a curtain or something. And then you just see in the scene, like Reese, like slowly turns his head and like looks straight at Lucy and then looks at Feyre and like, ha ha, what do you got hiding over there? And I just love because I think he's described as like for a moment, you know, when you're like brain snaps and you're like, yeah, because he's just described as like, 
you put a glamour on me, I am going to fucking level your house. He's pissed. <laughs> because he's like, he thinks he's just having a conversation. For like the first five, ten minutes, he's like, oh, it's just Tamlin and Lucy. And he's acting kind of like, they call Snobbish. Snobbish. Don't they call him Amarantha's whore to his face there? Like, go crawl back into her bed, you little asshole. Um, but he's like this imposing dark lord, like like you said, shadow swirling off of him, like just dripping with menace. Yeah, and suave. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, that moment where he realizes, oh, there's someone else in this room and you tried to hide her from me. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't want to know what it says about us, but... <laughs> <laughs> Drama. Yeah. And then this next scene is kind of like almost traumatizing so he like rips lucian out of the way and he's like you the human what is your name and she panics and she's like claire better or better which is a random chick from her village that she saw in passing maybe twice yeah and um remember this because this will come back to absolutely fucking haunt you in part three you will (laughs) never forget the name of claire better no just the fact that like we We can both names yeah (laughs) this is like family name too um, and really kind of the summation of it is Tamlin freaks the fucks out, like wets himself. And he's like, please don't do anything. Please don't tell her about Fa- or about Claire or whatever. And Reese like has this savage, like absolutely morally gray point where he's like, beg for it. It's like, Whoa. oh, I forgot about yeah. this. And Tamlin gets on his knees. Yes. And then he's like, that's not low enough. Oh, <laughs> Well, oh, and before that, too, like, he's fucking with Feyre. Like, because it's in this scene where you learn that Reese has, like, mind control influence type stuff. And so he, like, touches Feyre's face or something and says something along the lines of, ooh, what delicious thoughts she's having about you, Tamlin. I know, like, oh, I felt violated reading that. Like, because, like, that, I'm not going to quote what he actually says to her, but it it is very lewd. Like, Yeah, and it's crazy, too, because, again, Sarah is such a fucking master that someone can go from this low of, like, you are an absolutely bad fucking person to then being, like, what he is. Yeah. (laughs) We we can't even talk. So we haven't reread Akamath yet. Yep. Uh, So this is raw dogging. This is... (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. I was already traumatized, Kate. (laughs) Oh. Uh, welcome on the trauma train holy shit um yeah um tamlin's on his knees and then on his face begging uh begging rice reese well, words for mercy and reese is like i'll think about it and that's what's kind of terrifying about it and it kind of explains tamlin's next decision is like he is absolutely like I have fucked up. My enemy has seen the girl that I'm obviously developing feelings for. Like, it explains his, like, mindset when he then tells Feyre, like, the next day, you are going back home. Never return. And, like, packs her up a bunch of trunks filled with jewels and dresses and wealth. And, like, they, like, dress her like a basically a Regency novel. Like, um, and she's, like not processing like why am i being sent away now of all times especially because right before that they have like a very emotional uh sex scene yeah (laughs) well and then as tamlin is putting her in a carriage to send her back to her family he says i love you and Feyre just traumatized Feyre just stays quiet he's like oh that's nice and leaves (sighs) and i really liked that Feyre didn't respond yes because that is that tracks with what she did with isaac 
Mm-hmm. Like yeah. she's struggling to articulate feelings for mm-hmm. Tamlin, for Isaac, for even her sisters too. Um, so that that finally aspect of character that we get, like, oh, that is something unique about this person that is evidence of her history and what she's gone through and she's continuing to go through right now. Yes. Thank God. Yeah. Because it's you um, are treated with like not a monologue, but a little bit of her inner like turmoil. And she's like terrified almost of this. And she's like, I have big feelings for you. You just said I love you. Like, uh. and then she's like, I have big feelings for you, too. But like, I am not like comfortable enough to say that out loud. Like I have been traumatized in my past and I just can't jump into something Mm -hmm. like that. And it's just so realistic. And you like are screaming at Feyre like, you stupid bitch, just say it back. But you're like, it kind of makes sense. (laughs) No, I was like, go Feyre. Good job. That was the smart (laughs) I was saying the stupid bitch, but you know, Um, split camps. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So so she's sent home. And... Oh, did we learn about the the full curse entreaty? Uh, oh no, not what. Yeah, I don't think so. Because like Feyre thinks that there's something going wrong, and that like people are kind of colluding and hammering in. There's darkness the in Fairyland, basically. Yeah, and there's like she calls it like a plague or something, mm-hmm. and it's like on its way to the human land. So she's obviously like freaked out. Like she knows something's wrong, but she doesn't quite understand the gravity of it. <laughs> and Tamlin and Lucy aren't explaining shit. They're just like, nope, go home. It'll be safe. You know, your family will take care of you. Yeah. It's sad. So we're going to leave you there, traumatized. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In the back of the carriage, going <laughs> into the human lands. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next week for part three, our last part for Akatar. So. Where all of the trauma Even turns more into trauma. more trauma. But it's so, like, I, I think it's telling that the parts of this book that we really liked are the most dramatic parts. I am not going to respond to that because that is a little bit too true. Um, So from our shelf to yours. We'll see you on the next page. <laughs> Hi, readers. If you'd like to help us pick our next book, send us a message on Instagram. Or if you'd like to just listen, we post new episodes every Monday and Wednesday on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon. Thanks for listening. Bussin'.